You are listening to the Curious Human Podcast, powered by the Prairie Collective. This is a space for you to deepen your wellness practices, connect with humans that inspire your evolution, and learn about topics that are going to help you navigate the challenges of the human experience. Hi, and welcome to the Curious Human Podcast. I'm your host, Rochelle Taylor, and I hope you are ready to have your mind blown. My guest on today's show, Nikki Trotsky, is infamous where I come from. She is a creatress on all the levels, photographer, author, yogi, spiritual connectress. She is this inspiring human, and I have the pleasure of speaking with Nikki about grief. And grief is this thing that we have painted or we've classified as being negative. And Nikki dives into how grief actually isn't a negative word, how to work through your grief. And then when you're ready on the other side to use your grief to propel you into something greater. Before we dive in, let me tell you a little bit about Prairie Bloom that's coming up on May 3rd. So Prairie Bloom is this virtual wellness retreat for curious women to connect and move and breathe and grow together, even while we're apart. Nikki will be leading the opening ceremony for the day that consists of seven different wellness workshops with curious women from across the continent live streaming to your living room. Save $5 off your live stream ticket with code CuriousHumanPodcast. Get your tickets and find out more at theprairiecollective.com. So I'm here with Nikki Trotsky. Nikki, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Hello. Happy to be here. Amazing. And so where are you sitting in this moment? Give our (laughs) listeners a little bit of context here. Well, okay. So I'm in a little tiny town called Carreas. It's a beautiful coastal town in Mexico in the state of Jalisco. And I'm currently stealing Wi-Fi outside of a closed restaurant and staring at some jungle scenery. And I'm, yeah, just really happy to be here. The weather's nice. There's a soft breeze. And I have a a half an hour away from my child, which is a blessing. (laughs) So Amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to have you on the show. And um, when we connected about, you know, what we should talk about today, you brought up this topic of grief. And I think that that is so relevant um, here in the world of social distancing and, and shattered dreams and shuttered businesses that are affecting us all in these ways that feels a lot like grief um, in a lot of ways. So I want to know, first off, um, why, why is grief this sort of dark um, topic when, when you're, you're known to be this beacon of positivity and light and sex and, you know, <laughs> to, to now say, I want to talk about grief. Um, where is this coming from in your world? Well, I think grief is something that's been knocking on everyone's doors. And I don't actually think that grief has to be a dark topic. And that's why I think it's so important. I think grief reaches every single one of us. 
So when it recently came knocking on my own door in a way that was, you know, things are changing, right? So as we're talking about dreams being shattered, the school that my son is going to here in Careas was a huge integral part about how my dream life here was working. My dream life doesn't work without my son's dream life working. Now we've just, just heard that that school is shutting down and not reopening. Mm. So the grief came from all of the love and gratitude that I had for that school and how it was sustaining my dreams to be here, to live my dream life so it could coordinate with my son's dream life. All of the love that was pouring in through that channel had nowhere to go all of a sudden. It got closed very quickly. And so grief arises when something closes or disappears. So we're moving in one direction. Maybe it's a dream, maybe it's a lover, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a pet, maybe it's a reality or a belief system, right? Our love, our attention, our energy is flowing in one direction. And when that direction gets shut down or that person dies or that relationship breaks up or that business has to close, all of a sudden grief appears, period. Mm -hmm. And the grief appears because the love has been blocked. Now, the reason why grief isn't a dark topic is because the energy, the core energy of grief is actually love. Mm. And right now, as we're transitioning on the planet, we're experiencing a global grief, grieving period. And when I asked, so when I first got the news about the school, and I understand that my grief is very minor. There's varying degrees of grief. So what I was grieving is exceptionally minor. I'm aware of that in comparison to losing a loved one. And there's lots of other things that, you know, require more time to move through. But when I was in my grief period, I allowed it. Okay. It was really important for me to open that door, welcome the grief in and learn from it. And so in that moment, I asked my guides, why grief? What is up with grief? And they showed me very clearly that human beings have no immunity to grief. Hmm. There is not one human on this planet that will not know grief at some point. So how, however positive you are, however you're on a spiritual path, however enlightened you want to think you are, you're going to find grief on your path, period. So it is a topic that needs to be addressed and normalized. It isn't something that we need to put in the closet and be ashamed of. It's something that we need to allow. Now mm. more than ever, we're grieving collectively. We have to create space for our grief. Now, the reason why it's important to create the space for grief is because grief is actually showing us what's really important to us. It's showing us what we love. It's showing us what we desire. It's showing us all the things that we want to eventually recreate. But we need to take the time to process the human experience of grieving before we can rechannel the grief into a new reality. Hmm. And how, how can we rechannel grief? What are the process? I mean, of course, there's the time and the working through, but then what comes next? So when it's time and not a minute before, okay, you're going to know when it's time, 
because you've gone through the process. You've allowed and created your space. You've allowed yourself to get messy for a while. You can allow yourself to come undone. You can allow yourself to ask big questions. You can allow yourself and give yourself permission to feel whatever it is you need to feel. Then there's going to be a point... And obviously, again, there's varying degrees of grief. Some grief you might move through a lot quicker than others. So there's no, take as much time as you need. But when that momentum and that time occurs and you're ready to channel that energy or that love into a new channel, that's where things get exciting. And that's why for me at this point in time, this point in history for the planet, as much as I felt my own grief, I felt this huge wave of excitement because things are shifting. All the puzzle pieces are up in the air. And as they land, anything can be created. Anything is possible. This is anybody's game all of a sudden. And so the rechanneling and the process of creating a new reality is all about the very simple steps that we would take to manifest anything in our lives. But we have to be consistent with the belief system that we are, in fact, creating our realities. It's mm. a law of the universe. It's quantum physics. It's, it's, not, it's not hokey pokey yoga talk. It's like we are, in fact, creating our realities. So when your grief has ridden its course and you're ready to start creating your reality, you do this in very simple ways. You set the intention. And you know now what your intention is because you found out what's so important to you through your grieving. So now all of a sudden, I know what I really want and I know what I really need. So I'm going to set the intention. I'm going to envision and I'm going to feel that, that vision coming true. I'm going to feel that vision as though it's already been created. And I'm going to do baby steps in the direction of that new dream or that new relationship or that new reality or that new business, whatever it is, whatever you're going to rechannel and start walking in that direction, you have to align yourself with the faith that it's completely possible, that it can be anything to not limit yourself to an old belief system of what was. The matrix has crumbled people we're here out in the wild. So now it's anyone's game. You have to get bold and you have to start living your newest, wildest, most exciting self. You have to mm. find what you love and you have to create your reality around that. Mm, I just, love that. There's no other way. We're out here on the end, yes. you guys. <laughs> well, and, and it's, it's interesting because, so you speak of, you know, we are in control of our realities. And, and I feel that we're in a spot where people feel like they felt like they weren't in control at all. And so how can, in moments where you, where you aren't in control of the external thing that happens, you know, um, how can you choose to continue to be in control of your reality? So I think control is the wrong word in the sense that it's not, we don't have control in one sense because what we need, so the, the, the need to control things is one of the things that we're grieving as a planet. The mm. matrix gave us a sense of security. The matrix gave us a sense of, oh, I can control what's going to happen because this, 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 this will follow this and this will follow this. And all of the parameters have changed now. So one of the things that most of us are grieving is this lack of control, this complete sense that everything is crumbling and we have no more control over the bigger picture. 
the bigger picture was an illusion. We never had control. We ne things were always changing. Things were always impermeable. It's not like that much has shifted except for now the illusion has crumbled and we're left standing, but everything that we've invested in has now shifted. It's either fallen, it's shifted, or it has to be recreated. So the sense of control needs to be, there needs to be a looser grip on the idea of control. The creation element, the creation of reality comes from a different place than needing to control. Creation is the space where the imagination comes in, where the highest self is welcome, where the feelings and the emotions come in, where we're allowed to start visualizing and imagining the future, where we're allowed to dream big, we're allowed to shoot for the stars, where we're allowed to build something that is beyond our wildest imagination, that's even beyond our own control. It's not like you have to have all of the details hammered out on how this is going to happen. You just need to align yourself with the, with the faith and the vision that it can happen. And then you take the baby steps in that direction. So you have quote unquote control over the steps that you're going to take. Okay, step one, I need to create a vision board or step two, I need to create a new business plan or step two, I need to create a new school for my kid, right? So what do I want that school to include? I want the kids to have um, two organic meals cooked for them every day. I want the kids to have an international set of students to be with. I want the curriculum to be like Hogwarts from Harry Potter. You know, it's like, let's go. Let's make this wild. Let's go and do whatever we want to do now because all bets are off. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting to be going through, um, to be curious of our behavior collectively um, through this experience, um, which has now sort of been, I guess, probably about six weeks or so since we've been to the point of that shock, you know, that mm -hmm. the world, the world as you know it is no longer, right? From this point, it's going to affect It's never coming back. It's never coming back. And so that, and- And we, we never had a those... chance to say goodbye. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think of, um, and this is, again, a very minor grief and not the grief, but- um, my favorite beach bar in the world that was set to close at the end of 2020. Um, and I had plans to go pay my final respects, Aww. but, uh, it, but it just, we just found out yesterday that, that it's close and, and it's like the smallest, <laughs> it's the smallest grief, but it's um, yeah. And it's not never coming back. There's no chance to say goodbye. Yeah. You know? And that's, um, that's, that's allowed. You're allowed to have that moment to grieve that transition or that experience. That's what I mean about grief. We need to normalize it. It's even though we're privileged. Okay. We have to recognize our privilege. Of course, we're privileged because we have technology. Anyone that's listening to this has technology, which means they have electricity, which means they probably have a roof over their head. We recognize our privilege period. But within that privilege, we need to also recognize our grief. We need to give ourselves space and allowance to feel everything that's coming up. Totally. And so with, with the, the sort of waves of, of this experience, where at first, you know, and, and I bring this up because they mirror those phases of the, you know, the five stages of grief, the five stages of loss. Mm. Yeah, and, and so at first it's like the bargaining, right? Like, oh, or the, den <laughs> or, or, or the denial, or yeah, yeah I, I can make this work like this, or, or, and then the sadness and the anger, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we we're all working through those things. And now it feels like six weeks in, you know, where at, at the beginning, 
beginning when I would FaceTime or connect with friends, you know, it was just like, ah, like, this is how I'm hurting. This is what I've lost. This is like great, you know, and now it's like, this is what I'm creating. This is what I'm doing. This is like, this is why it happened. Bravo. And it, it, but it's, you can feel it collectively, right? Uh I spoke with my, uh, my aunt, um, uh, she lives a block away and it's so beautiful because I get to walk by her house and we have these porch hangs. But she was saying, you know, you think, oh, yeah, like I could just be a vegetable and watch Netflix for a couple of months and, you know, just like not do much. I could do that. Sure. That actually sounds kind of great. And she's like, no, like I, I need to create something. You mm-hmm. know, I, like I, I can't just lay around and do nothing for for two months. That's my human nature won't let me. Mm-hmm. Right. How beautiful. Um, so it's just a really interesting thing. We talk about like the phases of grief and, and collectively just noticing and feeling how we are at a different place here now than we were five weeks ago. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's going to keep evolving and it's going to keep shifting. And the most valuable thing that we can experience through all of this is just presence. So one of the things that I do in my daily yoga classes, I'm teaching online every day, is pulling people into the present moment because it's slippery. We get sometimes longing, longing, longing for that past, right? That's never coming back. And then we get this deep sense of worry for this future that's completely unknown to all of us all of a sudden. So it drains our energy out into the future. So we need to add a huge element of presence and call our energy back to the here and now so we can just be here now and do our best from this place, from this point in time. And whatever your best is might look different moment to moment, but it's always just your best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, It's been um really interesting yeah to 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 get to experience this and I remember um I work I well, I guess I worked with someone a uh, really wise soul and and I would say that you know he, he would have been primarily affected not really working at a great job um you know not making a lot of and and I thought and there everyone else was going like oh my god I, I'm not gonna have this I'm not gonna have that and he said I, I can't believe we get to live through something, you know, and mm-hmm. here's someone who probably was in a very unsteady circumstance and didn't make it about him. At, it's all about like, look at the, this experience that we are being gifted and oh, this, I love it. And this thought of, or at least what I've realized with myself is letting go of, it's been easier to let go of the future because it's revealed to us that the future was always out of our hands anyways. Beautiful. The the future was never certain. A hundred percent. And, and so it feels uncertain now, but three months ago when your future felt certain, it wasn't either. (laughs) That's what I mean about the illusion. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That curtain has been lifted. Yeah, totally. Um, And then, so what's happening and, and it's been really cool to also witness all of the pivots that, businesses and humans are inspired to take and uh so our spring festival which was meant to happen at the human rights museum um 
you know, we've shifted to the digital space and there's been some grieving in that, but there's also a ton of new opportunity that we get to connect and have um, people from across the continent sharing and connecting us. And so we're so excited to have you be a part of this festival. And you're starting off the day uh, for our attendees with Arrival. And I just love if you could give us a little bit of insight as to what attendees can expect from your workshop to start the day. Well, I'm super honored, first of all, to be a part of this festival. I love my Manitoba crew. I love my roots in Manitoba, and I'm just grateful to be able to reconnect with that crew, but also with this new digital world where people will be joining from everywhere. Mm-hmm. So what We've I wanted to offer... Yeah. From all, all, all over North America. Awesome. So it's awesome. great. Yeah. Yes. So what I wanted to offer was a chance for everyone to arrive at the festival in their full presence, just like I was talking about. So we're going to call back all of our energy from the past. We're going to call back all of our energy from the future. We're going to align with the power of now. We're going to welcome the highest realms of love and the highest realms of consciousness to join us in our session, to join us in our day with the festival. We're going to use my conch and we're going to call in the seven sacred directions. And we're going to allow ourselves to fully embody the power of being present and showing up for ourselves and for our global community in a way that is impactful. So really the opening ceremony is just to get everyone in alignment so you can maximize the rest of your day, so you can fully absorb all of the teachings, so you can fully integrate and upgrade and allow yourself to evolve throughout the day because you're starting from a really high platform. You're starting from a full place of presence, you're starting with full alignment, and you're starting with the support of all of your guides, all of, all of these realms of consciousness that are reaching towards the planet right now. The directions are gonna be there supporting you. So you're not gonna be alone throughout the day. You're gonna move through your day not only with this global community but with a strong spiritual community around you as well Mm, I love that I'm very much looking forward especially to seeing the conch I I love all the beachy vibes that are going to be live streamed (laughs) to the prairies Um, yes and then so bloom is this experience for women specifically and celebrating sort of the creativity and the potential of spring and the feminine spirit and so in your opinion, what is magic? What do women have? What can they reconnect with within themselves? That you know, I, I I've asked this question to a fire recently, <laughs> while <laughs> while holding a narwhal tusk. Believe it or not, like an actual <laughs> tusk. You know, narwhals, the unicorns yep. of the sea, they actually yep. exist. And I was holding yep. a narwhal tusk, and I felt so much magic. And I was like what is magic? Like, what, what's the secret? Like, what is magic? And when I listen long enough, magic is just the alchemy of now. Mm. So magic is just about bringing your full body into the presence. We want to embody our teachings. So presence and embodiment would be the two elements of magic that I would be most keen on sharing by, by allowing people to arrive fully, 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 fully into presence. So As we transition on our path and as we learn new things and as magic forms all around us through different books that we read or conversations that we had or festivals that we attend, they kind of sort of stay sometimes in the ether, right? So the paradigm shifts in the mind 
and even in the imagination, but the real power is to draw all of that into the body, to embody the wisdom, to embody the magic. So we want to pull it into our cells. We want to pull it into our bones, into our teeth, our hair, our nails, our skin. We want to embody magic. And we do that by being super ultra present in every moment. Mm. And um, as a human being practicing presence in their every moment are there tools that you use in your own practice that you find helpful in doing so yeah you know I mean for me my my daily presence practice if I, I don't even know if I have a presence practice I just do my best to be present throughout the whole day teaching mm. yoga certainly helps because I'm pulling people into the space Breath work is a beautiful way to connect, but it can be really, really simple. You know, it's like, oh, wait, ding, I'm not present in this moment. My brain ran in a different direction. Stop. Take in your surroundings, whatever they are. Use the senses, a sense of hearing. What can I hear in this moment? Maybe it's a bird. Maybe it's the hum of the refrigerator. Maybe it's your kid in the next room. But your sense of hearing is going to pull you into the present moment. What can I smell? What's, what taste is on my tongue? What, what is my body feeling? What's the temperature of the air? So we can start to sharpen our focus of the present moment by even getting into the body to the point of like, I'm going to try and feel without touching the fingerprints on my right hand. I'm going to try and feel my pinky fingerprint. And all of your focus, all of your attention, all of a sudden drains into the tip of your pinky finger. That's how we start to sharpen our focus. That's how we start to sharpen our awareness. And that's really pulling us into the present moment. So it's little things like that. But I would say mostly, guys, it's like the minute you catch yourself not being present, just become present. Focus on the senses. Take a big mm. breath in. Uh, invite yourself into the here and now. Amazing. I love that. And then so I have one last question for you, Nikki. Thank you so much for all your insight. I'm curious as to where some of your insight has come from and what is your best piece of advice that you've received from a woman in your life? Ooh, interesting. That's a big question. Um, mm. So, I mean, I've learned so much just from having the privilege of traveling. I've learned a lot. Um, a lot of it has also been through personal isolations. I used to isolate myself in the wilderness every year on my birthday. So my teachings have come from everyone around me and then spending time alone, completely alone in nature for days and days on end. And I think the best advice that I've ever gotten from a woman, it's so funny that this is what's popping up, but it's coming from my mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she has been married to my father for 54 years. And I asked her, you know, like, mom, what, you know, you guys are happy. You're, they still, they drive each other crazy. Let's be real. They drive each other insane, especially now, but they haven't <laughs> stopped laughing. They are, are, they are still laughing at each other. They're still in love. They still show up for each other. They support each other endlessly. And I said, you know, what is the key to your relationship? And she said, well, Nikki, you know, you want to love someone, but it's more important to like who you choose for your partner. 
So I don't know if that's good advice for all women because maybe not every woman wants a partner. But for me as a single mom who's 46, who's had a couple of failed relationships, I don't know if I would call them failed because I really believe they were successful and powerful in their own ways. But when looking in the future, every woman that I know wants to be empowered right? Wants to feel seen, wants to feel recognized, wants to feel that magnetic connection with another human being. But I think, I hope I'm not straying off topic here. I think right now, and I would love to hear feedback from women about this, single women, like have your desires for a man completely changed in this moment? Is it less about what kind of shoes they're wearing and more about if they can plant a garden? Is it less about what kind of car they drive (laughs) and more about how they show up for you emotionally? And so all of those things have led me back to my mom's very simple advice that she gave me years ago. You have to like the person that you end up with, whether that person is a man or a woman, you have to like them if you want to be in it for the long haul. And I think right now, as we move through this transition, it's so important to be able to like and respect the partner that you've chosen if you're already in a relationship. And I would Mm. say because we're all in this together and some of us are grieving with partners and some of us are transitioning with lots of family members around, I'll leave you with this. Please give everyone the space who you're quarantined with to grieve and transition and process in their own way. It's not going to be the same way as you. It doesn't have to be the same way as you. You might be ahead of the curve. You might be behind the curve. You might be somewhere in the middle. And everyone else around you is just doing their best to transition and adapt. So please give them the space and the respect to do that. Mm, I love that. What great advice to leave off on. Um, So I'm so excited to connect with you at Bloom. Uh, For our listeners who want to connect with you, where is the best place that they can find you? Well, NikkiTrotsky.com is my website. I have online coaching packages. I teach yoga online. And I have this really cool thing. It's called an online reset. And it's a guided meditation one-on-one. And it's so helpful. People love them because it really just helps people drop back into that deep state of ease and presence. And then I'm also on social media. Same thing, Nikki Trotsky, Instagram and Facebook. 1K with a Y at the end of Trotsky. Yeah. And N-I-K-I-T-R-O-S-K-Y. And you can find me on there. And then you can, if you guys are interested, you can come to my yoga classes. I'm teaching every day. I'm so damn committed to showing up every day to teach. It's keeping me sane and people are loving it. So you're all welcome. Oh, that's so amazing, Nikki. Thank you so much for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, sweetheart. Such a pleasure. I'm so proud of you and all of the work that you do. Thank you for continuously drawing people together. Thank you for being a pillar in our community. And now it's a global one. So extra thanks. Oh, thank you so much, Nikki. Mm -hmm.